will come out, will come to play. Just for recreation's sake, to pass the time away. Lots of fun, heaps of fun, enjoy yourself today. North Melbourne boys are hard to beat when they come out to play. So join in the chorus, sing it one and all. Join in the chorus, North Melbourne's on the ball. Good old North Melbourne, the champions you'll agree. Welcome to a season review edition of the Stern Look. I'm Kangaroos Forever. For the show, we have Sean Atley's favourite stalker. Welcome, Quiff. Hello, everybody. Good to have you on. Also, tonight we have the man in the eye mask, Jay-Z. G'day, everyone. Hey, mate. For tonight's show, I'm just going to change things up once again, just to annoy Gasso from the normal structure. So, first up, we'll be doing an on-field review of the team across the season as a whole, and then we'll go through the players individually. And then we'll have a very quick discussion, I'll stress quick, of the VFL and the alignment. We'll also discuss how the club and team currently stands at the end of 2016. And we'll finish off with some questions that you've listeners have sent me over the last week or so, except for Gasso's. So just starting off, I'll just get Jay-Z's thoughts. This is what Gasso was asking last week on the performance of the North Melbourne Big Footy Board as a whole. Has it been largely positive or negative and why? Um, I think, as there is every year, there's swings of positive and negative depending on how the team's going. Um, I think largely it was probably better than previous years. There was a few posters um, that were kind of annoying last year and early this year and they've disappeared either through their own means or through mods. Um, So that's been good. I've ignored the massive bye-bye Brad couple of iterations, so I've avoided a lot of the negativity, and it's been pretty good as a whole, I reckon. Well, considering the amount of negativity around the whole entire board, I don't think it's been too bad as a overall whole. Yeah, obviously it was a shit-ass second half of the season, and you'd expect everyone to be a bit negative. But Yeah, as a whole, I think it's been pretty good. Yep. Anyway, we'll, we'll move straight on. I'll just, there you go, Gasso. I asked one of your questions. Uh, so, <laughs> so basically, we'll properly start off with basically the performance of the team as a whole. So I'll ask Quiv, basically, what are the positives and negatives you took as a whole throughout the course of the season? Um, she not much, to be perfectly honest. It turns out to be a pretty much a throwaway season. Um. Yeah, hit 9-0 and it just fell apart from there with injuries and everything else that went with it. Um, so I, I wrote this season off pretty <laughs> pretty much by round 12, I think. Um, didn't really have a positive thought for the rest of the year. Um, overall, I think we saw where we were trying to go. We loaded up for the final uh, for the flag and unfortunately it fell flat in the task. Um, so I, I think we did the right thing. I think we did the right thing in trying to go for the flag. We knew this was our last shot with a majority of senior players, so I don't begrudge the club for that at all, but uh, it just fell apart, and it fell apart rapidly. Is it too easy to blame injuries, or is it fair enough? Um, I hate people that say injuries aren't an excuse. Um, they're a bloody good excuse, if you ask me. If you're not getting your best players on the field, that's a perfect excuse to be losing games. Uh, but in saying that, <laughs> look at the Bulldogs and how they covered and they won the damn flag, unfortunately. So, um, yeah, injuries, yeah. injuries play a part. Um, I'm not blaming injuries on our, on our fall from grace for, after round nine, that's for sure. Um, but we did, 
lose some key players at times, and obviously Jared Waite was in the form of his life, and then he was stuffed for the rest of the season. Wells can't get on the park. Uh, Mason Wood keeps going down. Uh, yeah, it's just injuries were definitely a part of it. Yeah, for sure. I think, um, and as we've all sort of talked about on the North Ward throughout the year, the Bulldogs' so-called injury crisis has been way overblown by the media. Um, we've probably had a worse run than them. Collingwood definitely did, and there's been a few other clubs that are worse as well. I think Freo got absolutely smashed. Um, and even if you were to say that they've had you know, a bad run with injuries this year, they would be probably the second team that I could think of in the last decade that's won the flag with bad injuries. The other was Hawthorne a couple of years ago when they defied all the odds. Other than that, you have to have a good run with injuries to win the flag. It's just part of the luck of the game. So, I know, yeah, we talk about injuries, and it does affect overall team structures and the game plan, but as a whole... I feel our game plan became a bit more reactionary. Is that a fair statement, or was it became too centred on defence in terms of shutting down run? Did we do the right thing with the personnel we had, or was it Brad Scott's problem? Was it, just, as you said, just injuries negatively affecting us? I think, um, again, injuries played the part. We went in there expecting the same 22 for the majority of the year. And we built our game plan around those 22. Um, when they started falling off, didn't help when we had to change it on the run. Um, you know, especially when we lost a lot of our players in the middle of games, early in the game, we had to change it on game day as well. It definitely doesn't help. And we all know Brad Scott doesn't seem to have a plan B. And, um, I don't know, it still doesn't really look like our players know how to play on instinct. They stick to their structure and, then, and that's it. Mm. JZ? Um, I think clearly in the winning streak at the start of the year, there was a massive focus on um, getting it in long to our tall forwards and locking it in with awesome forward pressure. Um, I think weight was absolutely key to that, both as a target and providing pressure himself. Um, and then when we lost him and a bunch of our half forwards in Higgins and Garner and uh, Anderson were all gone by about round eight. I just think we couldn't run with that game plan anymore. We didn't have the personnel. Um, you know, we've all talked about numerous times, especially since his so-called delisting Boomer's lack of forward pressure, and he was down there, and Thomas had a down year, particularly with his pressure, and we just couldn't execute that game plan anymore. So in the second half, and there was also, you know, drop-off in the form of Dell and Petrie and a few others, and that sort of forced us into a slow ball movement, shitty game plan that really didn't work for the rest of the year. So, so in terms of team structures and game plan, what does need change in terms of you know entries inside 50, how we attack clearances, like, say, Thomas coming off the back of the square, more Anderson in the centre, more Garner in the centre? What needs changing in terms of the game plan? Uh, I'll do the Captain Obvious one and say we need more run out of the midfield. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. We need... We've been saying that for years, but it's still true, and even more true now that we're going to lose Boomer and Wells um, and Dal. Not that he was running very fast this year. But, <laughs> but it's not just speed now that we've lost Dal and most likely Wells. We need class no. now as well. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, at the second half of the year, it was just all grunt and 
nothing else. So all we got was, for the most part, long bombs into the forward line, um, and then we weren't able to lock it in with any sort of success. So we've either got a... Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, I was going to say, just on long bombs in the forward line, that's another thing we really miss, is a bloody good crummer. We we never had anybody at the foot of the talls um, picking up the drop marks or anything. Well, that's where we're missing Turner to a degree. Like, he is the closest thing we have to a semi-decent crummer. He's just not there. Even Boomer yeah. struggles with crumming, or used to. Yeah, I mean, it was incredible. Cool, we've got all the talls, sure, bombing into them, but... One, we know they're going to drop, you know, at least half of them, but we had nobody there to cover it when they did. And that's yeah. what's made Hawkins so good. Just, the opposition just rebounded out of our defence, uh, out of our forward line with ease. Yep. And then they flogged us on the rebound too much, yeah. And I yeah, think I we'll hand... Sorry, mate. I was just going to say I agree. I, I think crumbing is a key part of that and forward pressure is a key part of it. It's the only way you can make the whole long bomb to the talls thing work in today's game is with both of those things. If they drop the mark and you let the opposition whisk it away and run the length of the field, you're never going to win. So, if we, assuming we get back Turner, Garner, and they get game time, we get Vickers Wills in, we get some of this speed in, we'll put Anderson more in the midfield, instead of stuck in the forward line, would that make a massive difference in terms of the game plan that we can actually stick to a similar game plan? I think it will. Um, whether or not those guys are you know, going to be what we want them to be remains to be seen, but yeah. we've got to give them a go, and I think now Brad's got to admit it himself, if we had Petrie there, if we had Boomer there, he'd, he'd play them every week, no matter if they're on form or not, so now that they're not there, um, we finally get that chance to see what these kids I hear about so often on our board um, that they haven't seen, now I finally get to see them, see if they're ready to play and see what they can provide. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's a fantastic opportunity. I think we've got the talent to execute the game plan that we were trying to run with um, at the start of the year. And in some ways, um, I think not having guys like Boomer and Petrie down there helps in terms of being able to apply that defensive pressure. Um, I think Turner's a fantastic tackler. Um, Garner's really good. Wood has turned his defensive game from his weakest part into one of his strengths in his Eight or so games that he played this year, he was terrific. Um, and Waite was absolutely on fire until he got injured. So and doors tackles guys, hurt people. Oh, I love watching. <laughs> he just destroys them. It's awesome. <laughs> We're going to have plenty of tackling pressure. I feel like this is why the game plan doesn't need too much tweaking so much. Yes, we need to lower the eyes more, but especially guys with Jamont in the midfield a lot more, Anderson a lot more. I feel like our disposal inside 50 needs to improve. But in saying that, yeah. I still think the long bomb can work. Yeah, it's about balance. And I saw a good discussion um, this week or last week in the Zeeble thread about his so-called hack kicks forward. And I think the problem is a little bit overblown. He still does it. But um, for the largest part, he does it because there's no one running past him to take the hand pass. Yeah. If we, when we actually had guys like Thomas and that running through for that quick option, we looked a lot better. And Thomas is a fantastic kick inside 50 as well. So that was a really good option um, that I hope we keep using as well. Well, that's why I think Cunnington's struggle, besides probably a little bit of extra muscle that he shouldn't have had, I think when he got that initial space to handboard out or dispose the ball to outside runners, there was just no one there. Del Santo's still stuck at half-back or Mackenzie's still stuck at half-back. Mullet's more worried about his opponent. 
this, yeah. this, that was a major issue this year. Yeah, um, and the, the areas where we were most hardly hit um, with injuries was half back and half forward. So even if we had you know Wells and Dell and Harvey playing for most of the year, all the other guys like Higgins, Anderson, uh, Wright missed large chunks of the year. McDonald missed a fair while. Atlee was just shit out of form all year. All our run from both the forward line and the back line was either injured or out of form. Is that a structural thing or is that more of a development type thing? I, yeah, I, I think it's players sticking to their structures, and I hate using that word or that phrase, sticking to structures, but that's exactly what they're doing. They're doing what they're told to do, and that's it. They're not, as I said earlier, they're not relying on their instincts to to take step out of their structures and get the ball or do what they need to do. Yeah, I do I do agree with that, that in the sense that they're a little bit robotic. Like watching Atley, he exactly like that. Atley's the perfect example of it. He yeah. he's just stays on his man. He doesn't run off anymore. Um Brad Scott's told him what to do and that's all he does now. It's not Brad Scott's fault, it's Atley's fault. He's gotta just use his brain, use his instinct and do what everybody expects him to do. We all know he's got the ability to do it and the talent. He just doesn't have the brain store. He's just been wired, wired himself not to do it. And this is what makes guys like when Turner, Garner, even Wood to an extent, when they came in, this is what they provided. They provided gut instinct. They provided footy smarts. And yeah, the, they just read... Like yeah, and that's yeah, what I we think, need. Yeah. yeah, Wood's the exact opposite of Atlee. He's the perfect example of what to do, yeah. I think. And his attitude change this year has been fantastic. He's been one of the positives this year. He showed the football world he can play, and his defensive pressure was very good for a guy his size. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing him replace Petrie next year. Yeah, I, I can't wait. I think our forward line's not going to be our biggest issue. I think we've got plenty of options there. Definitely. It's the midfield that I have concerns about, and to a lesser extent, the back line, more so the half-back line and the small defenders, is the main concern. So just move, keep going with play development. There's the argument's been raised by Taz and a lot of our finer posters that maybe play development isn't quite up to the standard. Would you agree with that? Wholeheartedly. So what needs yeah. to change? Personnel? Um, I think you've definitely got to look at personnel. I don't think anyone sitting on big footy who isn't sort of involved with the club can really judge whether the assistant coaches and those sorts of people are doing a good job. That's basically impossible on the outside, but um, the club itself should definitely be looking at the personnel and, and see if there's an issue there. Um, I think we tend to toss our assistant coaches around into different roles quite a bit. I'm not really sure that's very good. Um, and I think and we'll talk a bit about this a bit later in terms of the VFL. Um, I think it's the first year that we've had one side so that guys could play together. Uh, I think that's been a big negative in the past of the dual alignment is we've got all these young kids that never play with each other. And I don't think that really helps development either. So you reckon it's had a positive impact? I know we'll talk about this later, but you think it's had a positive impact on the guys like Hibbert, Durden, etc., that they've been together, playing together? I don't think there's a whole lot of proof um, whether Just it has yet. or it hasn't yeah. yet because it's too early to tell, but I think it will. Fair enough. We'll talk about more of that in the VFL. And just finally on the coach himself. Now, we're at the start of a rebuild. I know people don't quite like that word, but we really are at the start of one. Should the coach be moved on, or should he be backed in, and why? 
I know oh. your answer this quiz. Yeah, but I have reasons for wanting to be moved oh, on now. State them. The, the, the obvious reasons. I mean, he's had seven years and he tried and he failed. Um, not necessarily a slight on him, but is he going to be the man that sees us, you know, three, four, five years in the future to get that flag? I I don't think he is. Yeah. Um, I think we should have found somebody else to to start completely fresh. Any thoughts, Jay-Z? Um, I'm a little bit on the fence on this one at the moment. I've been a, a strong supporter of Brad in the past, but um, clearly the window is a slam shut this year. Very few coaches get two shots at building a list for a premiership. I'm not really sure whether um, he should be there or, or kept on as our next premiership coach, if that's the aim. Um, there's an argument that you know, we had back-to-back prelims and then a spate of injuries and another final series, but that's a, a pretty um, good result for a couple of years and tough to sack a coach off that. But the thing that really worried me was I was really um, reading one of the, the season review articles. I think it might have been on the AFL website. Um, and they were talking about our record against top eight teams. And we've actually gone backwards over the last three years. In 2014, we had a 5-3 record against other top eight teams. That slipped to 3-6 last year and 2-9 this year. We own, our, our last win against a top eight side was in round six, and then we lost nine straight after that by an average of five goals. That shows we're not up to pace, even with injuries. And you've got to look at everything when that's the case. I mean, obviously, there's players, you know, recruiting talent, as we talked about, in the midfield and moving on the older blokes and all of that. But you've really got to ask hard questions of all of the coaches and the game plan and whether it is going to get us to the next flag, and I'm not really sure it will. Just before we move on to the players, is there anything you want to add on the team as a whole in terms of a season review? No, not me. I'm, I think I've said my piece. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, I, I was just going to add um, a quick thing on the injuries because I, I thought it was worth a quick comparison. Um, with the, the Bulldogs injury crisis that we've been hearing about all year, I actually looked at the numbers last night. Um, so players missing for them over seven weeks. I've just drawn an arbitrary line at seven weeks. They had Mitch Wallace miss eight games, Suckling missed eight, Redpath eight, Johannesson 9, Boyd 11, Smith 13, Adams 14, and Murphy 22. There's not a whole lot of big names in that list. No. I mean, there's a, a few no names in ours too, but as a comparison, uh, Anderson 13 games, Higgins 14 games, Jacobs 15 games, Wright 15 games, McDonald 8 games, Garner 20 games, Waite 9 games, Wood 8 games, Turner 12-ish I'll say ish because of his suspension. <laughs> and as we all know, Goldstein got injured in round 10 and carried it for the rest of the season. So yep. that's a, a bit of a comparison um, in terms of how we were hit with injuries. And interestingly, um, I, I found this graph, which I'll, I'll get you to post with um, the podcast that shows our, our injuries over the course of the year. And it's spiked basically from nothing to instant crisis around the time of um, the end of our winning streak in round nine, which is coincidentally the same week that we lost our strength and conditioning coach to the NBA. So mm. as, as part of the review, I, I really think you've got to look at um, 
what impact that had because I, as far as I can tell, we haven't replaced him yet. So I don't. I wonder how much of an effect um, that had on the injury crisis as well. Mm, definitely, you also have to look at what types of injuries as well. But I certainly yeah. believe that is a factor. Yeah, and we've had a pretty good run with soft tissues in the past, but this year it was shocking. crazy. Lots of hamstrings and redo hamstrings and long-term hamstrings. And it was really bad. Anyway, thanks for that. And we'll move straight on to the players. So we'll just quickly go just go for the list, the, the entire list, player by player, and we'll just review the year very quickly. So starting off, Brad McKenzie. How did you see his year, Quiff? I like him. I I, I really like him. Um, I thought this year he showed what he can do. I, I love seeing him taking the kickouts, and he's going to gain a lot more from playing the amount of games this year than he has in the past. And I'm really looking forward to seeing him next year. Jay-Z? Yeah, I, um, I really turned the corner on McKenzie this year. I've never rated him before this year. I thought he was soft and slow, and he still is a little slow, and he still has his moments where he doesn't quite hit the contest hard enough, but he's improved out of sight this year, and his kicking has been a real plus in the back line, particularly in the kickouts, as you said. Um, we had a couple of years ago when Mullet was taking them, and those big, long kickouts were really good, especially with a bit of run. And it's, it's McKenzie was able to bring, Yeah, McKenzie was able to bring that back this year, and that was really good. So where's his future position next year? Is it still back line? Yeah, I think he's a half-back flanker still. Yeah, so do I. I think he's a little bit of a liability on the wing, just to be honest, in terms uh, of leg speed. I'd love to see him doing what Mullet used to do, and you just touched on it with the running goals. Um, if we can get him doing that a couple of times a game, we'll be sweet. Yep. All right, we'll move on to... I think... Um, oh, sorry, mate. Sorry, I was just going to say, I think he's, he's possibly got the potential to... Uh, push up the field if he can continue to develop, but we've got a whole heap of half-back flankers that I would push into the midfield before him. So would you play a guy like Mitch Hibbert on the wing before you put McKenzie there? I was more thinking guys like uh, McMillan, um, yep. even Mullet that we touched on, I would push them up the ground onto a wing before McKenzie. Mullet on the wing sounds very appetising. Anyway, <laughs> straight on to um, <laughs> Jed, Jed Anderson. I know he missed a lot of the year, but I saw a bit of him in the midfield when he were playing Adelaide, and he just seemed like more of a natural midfielder than he does a forward. Would you agree, Jay-Z? Yeah, I do. Um, I was really disappointed with his year. Obviously, injuries took a big part, but I expected a lot more. Um, but I, I do agree. I was speaking to him um, before the season at one of the club functions, and he said himself that he prefers being a midfield-slash-forward rather than a forward-slash-midfielder. Um, so if if that's where we're going to develop him, great, because he's got the skill set that we need in the midfield, and he's just got to put his head down and have a really big preseason. Yeah. Yep. Now we'll move on to Sean Higgins, and I'll combine him with Ben Jacobs because they really did have an interrupted year, so it's a bit unfair to judge him on this year. It, Higgins came back, but he just wasn't quite there. Yeah, he wasn't there, <laughs> and Jacobs it, failed to make it back. Yeah. Both I, I think we. Sorry, I was just going to say I, I think we um, missed both of them enormously. I spent 14 weeks counting down the days until Higgins was coming back because we missed his class so much and 
I think Jacob's um, defensive game in the midfield was also really lacking. I think he's our most important player, Jacobs. His ability mm. to, sh- to shut someone down completely out of the game is yeah. incredible. I wouldn't say he's their most important player, but he's he's right up there. He's top five really, really top players. Yeah, I would say top five. He's very important. Uh, really looking forward to hopefully getting full seasons out of those blokes next year. And he can collect him off the footy the other way around, because that's what he's starting to do at the start of the year. He was starting to get a bit of footy himself. It's a shame he went down like he did. Yeah, and that'll come with confidence and time at this level, but even while he's not getting the footy, if he's taking you know, a Hanabry or a, um, a Jack Stephen or those sorts of guys completely out of the game as he's had in the past, that has a huge effect on how we stack up as a midfield, particularly now with losing a few stars, I think he'll even more important issue. Oh, that's a very good point. I like that point. We'll move on to my favourite, Lockie. Uh, he had an interesting year, very injury-interrupted year to start off with. Concussions, I think, took a toll uh, right up to the end of the season. I don't think he's quite there in terms of where he should be tracking. Would you agree? No, I uh, think... I'm sorry, I do agree. Yeah, um, he's a depth player. That's about it these days, unfortunately. Sorry to, yeah. sorry to sorry to no, you're right. I, I should have prompted someone. Jay-Z. Um yeah, I agree. I think unfortunately for him, um the game has somewhat passed him by. Um we use that phrase far too much, but <laughs> I think it's applicable. Um I don't think the whole vomit long thing is as big as it was a few years ago, even though we still do it. <laughs> which is really where he excels that intercept marking, but I don't, I don't think his defensive game is strong enough um, and his tackling is not strong enough in the modern game to, to really be a permanent part of our side. And I would be surprised if he's still on our list in a month's time. Really? Well, I suppose there is some word that he'd be traded to Brisbane. That's probably just getting a bit far off. I think, I think his name is almost certainly on the table. Yeah, I think he's, he's definitely up for offer, but um, if nothing can be found, uh, he'll be retained. Oh, we're not going to throw him away for nothing, and we're not going to delist him. But oh, he's still handy. Uh, death. Yeah, I, I think uh, we'll probably trade him if there's an offer out there. I think really Brisbane will be odd, kind of ideal for them because they're, they're not going to have a great year anyway, so it will make much of a difference <laughs> if they combine Lockie with Frost and Harris Andrews. It's not a bad backline they've got developing. But anyway, I'm getting a bit off track <laughs> with that trades for our next podcast. Now Jackie Zebel had an interesting year. He had a very good start to the year, and then he got pushed forward a little bit more in the second half of the year with injuries, and his form tapered off a bit when he went back into the midfield late in the year. How did you see his year, Jay-Z? Um, I thought it was clearly his best year. Um, I thought his first half of the season was absolutely terrific. Um, and I think, if memory serves correctly, he had his uh, best result in the Brownlow. I think he polled uh, about seven or eight votes. Um but the concerning thing was, much like most of our team, uh, that form dropped off in the second half. Um, he still had the few odd games, but he wasn't consistently impacting the game like he was in the first 10 or 11 rounds. Um, but I think he has showed enough um, that he's still got more levels to go to, and I expect him to, to take the captaincy next year and, and run with it. Fair enough. Quiv, Daniel Wells, how did you see his year? Um, not very well at all. Um, I think he's done. I've said that pretty much the whole year. 
Couldn't get on the park. (laughs) Yeah, well, surely they know as well. No, he he couldn't get on the park, and when he did, he he showed glimpses of what he can do, but he's nowhere near what he was, and that's just because he's made of glass. It's not really a fault of his own. Um, If you break easily, you break easy. That's all there is to it. And uh, unfortunately, Daniel Wells breaks easy, very easily. Yeah, it really cost him... I would disagree with that a bit. I, not that he's not injury prone. I don't disagree with that at all. But I think he he played 18 or 19 games, so I don't think you can really say he couldn't get on the park. And in my opinion, he was probably one of our best players for the year. He was, I reckon he's probably going to be about third or fourth in the sit. So. I must be. I, I take a negative view on him because I expect so much highly of him, I guess. And um, he does all his work in the midfield. I sit in the behind the goals. I don't see it as much as I would as if I was sitting on the wing. Um, but just from where I was sitting, it didn't look like, you know, he's lost that bit of pace. He didn't look yeah. anywhere near as... He wasn't hitting targets like he used to. Um, oh, his, his form certainly dropped off from previous years. And he's the whole... lost awareness, like his, or his sidestep, you know, he's getting hit a bit. I don't know, it was just a big ball of negativity from me towards him, I think. <laughs> I think we've probably come at it from op- opposite perspectives because we get sold the um, the Wells use tearing it up thing every pre-season and a lot of people, particularly in the last couple of years where we basically had a play with him, have come into round one thinking this is going to be our year where we get Wells back and he's going to be awesome and all of that. I came into the year with no expectations on Wells <laughs> because of the last couple <laughs> of years I thought any game we get from him is a bonus. If, if he plays 15, great. We got 18 or 19 out of him. Most of them were pretty good. I'm still not that upset that he's going to be in black and white next year, though. Well, as long as we get a <laughs> decent compo for him, I'm pretty happy. Yeah, there really is. If if we can turn a 31 or 32-year-old into a first-round draft pick, then we'd be nuts not to do it with the way the list is going at the moment. Yeah. It's looking at the end of the first round, maybe even around a pick 30 even. I wouldn't be upset if we got that. To be honest, considering his age and his, I know injury history isn't factored in, but they are thinking. AFL is thinking about that when they do these compensation picks. So who knows what we'll get from them? If the offer from Collingwood is truly what they say it is, and it's one point eight over three, I'd be shocked if we got pick thirty. But the AFL have shocked me before with their ability to screw us over. So plus, plus no way that offer's true. I can't see it. It's just crazy money for someone his age. The word is, and this is what Collingwood have done in the past, is they front load a lot of their contracts. They've done it with Greenwood. They've done it with Joe Blair. They've done it, I think, with Cloak as well. They've front loaded a lot of these contracts. Even so, do, does anybody see him play, playing for another three years? No. no. It'll, be t- it'll be two years with a trigger for a third. And that's why I think we only could probably get around a 30. Anyway, we're digressing a bit, which is my fault. So we'll move straight on to the skipper. Now, the skipper had a very down year, from my point of view. What's gone wrong with Andrew Swallow, Jay-Z? Um, reality is, he's just not the same player that he was before the Achilles. Um, he's got... He, he, he was never quick, but he used to have, you know, four or five steps that got him out of a pack and away. He just doesn't have that now. He grabs the ball... Handballs off straight away. He never runs out of a pack with the ball anymore. He's still got the tackling, obviously, but he just hasn't got the, the pace to keep up, and particularly in a midfield with Cunnington and Zeeble most of the time in the second half of the year. We just constantly got shown up for pace where younger, quicker midfielders would just run away from the three of them. Mm, fair enough. 
I know Quiv's said a few things in the past about him. <laughs> <laughs> I yes. think next year is his last year, possibly. I just don't see him. Going I think, yeah, I think his his tackling pressure is. Oh, he still averages seven and a half tackles. That's just it's still terrific. Um, and yeah, the last when all you do is, if that's all you do, though, you, you got to expect a big number. I don't think that's all he does, but uh, he is abs- absolutely a, a one-dimensional player now. He is a clearance and tackle specialist, and I reckon he's probably got one, maybe two, if we're being generous, um, years left in that role before his body gives up. Fair enough. Just just before we move on, he he hands over the captaincy to Zebel next year, does he? I kind of want J Mac to get it. Right, I think he absolutely hands it. He over. hands it on. Oh, he hands it yes. on. Yes, but uh, captain's I, mate, it's not a debate. I think yeah. Uh, yeah, there's still a bit of a debate about whether it's Jack or Jamie, but I think it certainly should be passed on, particularly with you know the transition into another new era. era that we're doing. Yeah. I think one of those guys has to take this team and make it their own. Great. Now, Ben Cunnington, how did you, was he overweight, too much muscle, injury, what was it? Because his year wasn't up to standard, as lazy. far as I'm concerned. Lazy. Lazy. Uh, it was definitely probably, if not his worst, it was one of his worst, at least, uh, years with this. And, yeah, it just didn't look interested a lot of the time. Um, his good was still very good, but it was just, didn't see it often enough. I agree, I, I was worried from the very first NAB Cup game. And you can say that's stupid because a lot of players don't take the NAB Cup seriously, but he was in 0.1 gear. <laughs> yeah. And I just, I don't think he was ready for the season. Um, whether it was fitness or attitude or whatever, we can't really know. But reality is he played about three or four good games for the entire year and it was a very, very disappointing year after the, the last two that were terrific. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, well, yeah, we're having this discussion on the North Board whether we've done, as a team, we've done too much endurance-style training and not enough repeat sprinting efforts into full-time training. And as years gone on, we've just, we haven't been able to do those bursts, like hit and burst in terms of our running harder for longer type of situations, running at the absolute maximum. And we think that that's what's happened with guys like, probably not so much Zebra, but Cunnington, and the like that has just hampered their year, that they haven't been fit enough to play. Yeah, I don't know whether it was training load or whether he secretly carried an injury all year, but he certainly struggled to run. Um, it's really hard sitting on the outside to know why. Like, it looked like he was actually hampered his running. Like, he was either, either out of energy, like, in terms of fitness, or he was actually hampered with an injury. He just looked yeah. hampered. He didn't look like he was just playing slow. Like, he's going 100% and he's slow. It's just he couldn't get into 100%. Not that that's very quick. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, well, I don't know what's going on with him. I hope it gets fixed very quickly, though, because we need him next year. I think, as a team, I think there's something... Things need to change in terms of our running loads. I think we don't have the right approach. But anyway, that's another discussion. Just quickly, Michael Friday, Quiv, was, how did you see his final year? Um, it was it was Spud. What we expect from Spud. He's no star, but he's he's no slouch either. He does his job. He gets frustrated. He frustrates us. Um, that's what Spud's done for as long as I can remember. Yep. Yeah, I, I can't. I don't hate it. Good on good on him. Thanks for the service, Spud. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I thought he finished off well, particularly in his last game. He really went out on a high, um, and probably one of 
the highlights of the year was him bashing up all the Hawthorne players in the first game and driving them nuts before the first bounce. <laughs> <laughs> we'll miss him for that. Turner needs yeah. to take over that. Him and Garner. <laughs> we talked about good old Lindsay. I don't think we need to discuss him anymore. Everyone knows what his problem is. <laughs> he just had a down year. Well, we'll move on to two of the more promising players from the year. Ryan Clark and Trent Dumont. How do you see their years, Jay-Z? Um, very encouraging signs from both of them. Um, I thought uh, Ben Cousins' light um, showed a lot of promise. His first game, I think he struggled a bit, but he, he picked it right up from the second game and looks like he'll be a real gem. Um, and I'm really looking forward to, to seeing Froggy play a full year next year. I think, um, as I think we talked about on the last podcast that I was on, I think the torch is going to pass a little bit from Boomer to him in terms of being that guy that we look for um, in that 50 to 70 range because he's got a real good laser pass um, to deliver inside 50 and I'm looking forward to seeing that more. Anything to add, Cliff? No, I I agree. I'm looking forward to both in the next year. Um, More games we can get into these two, the better. Cannot wait. Yeah. Right. Scotty Thompson, just quickly, Cliff. Bit of an average year. Yeah, very much so, um, especially compared to his best. Um, I think that's we've just been very uh, lucky, I guess, with him having the really good years he had, and it's just catching up on him now. I don't don't think there's anything wrong with him. It's just age. Uh, yeah, he's still a very serviceable player. Obviously, he had the down year, as we all know, but uh, yeah, I'm happy to see him keep going with us and be the permanent. Permanent spot in your team. Yep. How much longer do you reckon we go on for? Not longer than two years. Yeah, I think a lot will depend on how he goes this year, uh, or next year, I should say. Um, I mean, what, how old is he? He's born in 86. He's three years older than me. What's that? He's 30 or so. Uh, he's probably got another two years. Yeah. Um, you know, it depends on form next year. I, I don't think he's the type of bloke that'll be happy to play VFL for the last mm. year of his contract, you know, if he has a bad year next year or whatever, um, but hopefully he can just pick up and get back into some reasonable form next year. Fair enough. Moving on to Aaron Mowat, Jay-Z, was that an improvement towards the end of the year? Um, well, he did play some good games. I, I think the best way I can sum it up is I think he's improved his defensive game, which is important because it was Poggle of Mary. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Especially for a halfback flanker. Mm. Um, but I think it was at the cost of his attacking flair. I didn't see enough of the running and, and nice long kicks and goals and all that stuff that we were so excited about him a few years ago. Is he worth persisting with? I think he's worth persisting with, but at this stage he will be depth going into next year. Fair enough. I don't think he's best 22 at the moment. Fair enough. We've talked about Atley, right? We can't really talk about it really because of his injury. Yeah, I thought he was having a pretty good year, though. Sorry, can we can we go back to Atley? I'm just curious. I think this is his worst year we've had with him. Um, but does he move off the back line next year? I want to see him. <laughs> I will go round and round and round in this debate because um, we seem to have this every couple of months on the North Board. I still think he's too good to waste at halfback. He's exactly what we need in the midfield. My my question mark is whether he actually has the attitude to do it because it seems like we've tried a couple of times to throw him into the midfield and he's kind of given up and said I'm more comfortable down back. 
So I'm hoping someone, maybe named Jack Siebel, can take him by the scruff of the neck and say, get in here and learn it. Because, frankly, we've got a dozen halfback flankers. He's not dominating there, which he should be, for a guy of his talent and draft pick range, although you can't really rate people on draft picks. But you can't waste a guy like him on the halfback flank. I still think he has to be in the midfield for us to, to go forward. I Otherwise, I would I would actually trade him for a midfielder if he can't play there. I think he's kind of like the reverse Turtle. Remember, Turtle was a very small forward, very pacey small forward, half forward. We put him in the back line for the last couple of years of his career. I think we should do the opposite. I think we should put Atlee up forward in terms of... Because he does have those finishing skills and he does have that evasiveness when he needs it. He doesn't have to worry about an opponent as much and he can act a bit more on instinct. But I, yeah, don't, I don't mind that idea. I don't mind that. I love the idea. Um, I'd never thought of it until it was suggested on the podcast earlier this year, and I absolutely love it. But I, I and I've been strongly against him going into the midfield as well. But I think it's time he he needs to get in there. Do you think? Uh, my personal opinion, um, and I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts, Quiv. When we've thrown him up there in the past, it always seems to be on the wing. I think he's far more suited to being in the square. Yeah, he he needs to start in the middle, uh, and I think. Uh-oh. Uh, I think, you know, we, he'll do what Boomer was doing this year. He'll go in there every few bounces and get some touch, and I think it'll really help. Though I, I do expect him to be almost a permanent midfielder next year. The other thing I'd, I think would be really interesting to see if it would work, and it would only be a, a sometimes thing, is play him as a half-forward, but have him come off the back of the square a la Lindsay. And run through the midfield. <laughs> How good would that be? Just running straight through the middle, getting clearance goal. I don't think I could yeah. handle that, Jay Z. <laughs> <laughs> you might have to take some extra tissues to the game. <laughs> yeah. I reckon that'd be a good role for him. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, we'll move on to good old Sammy Wright from Catamatite and Lucky McDonald. Both had very good starts to the year, let down by injuries. Uh, Going forward, they're definitely best 22. Um, I really want to see, should Luke and McDonald be pushed into the, more of a midfield role next year? Or should we just stick with our athlete idea? I, I love Luke McDonald where he is. Um, he's one of my favourite players. And him, him and Sam Wright sitting on those corner flanks, I reckon is where the future is. There. I love them both. I've got nothing, not a bad word to say about either of them. I do as well. Um, I'd like to see him trialled. I don't think he should be played as a permanent midfielder, but I think he should have stints in there. You think he should play the Luke Hodge type role, that utility kind of yep. around the ground, half full, half back, back midfield. That's exactly the role. I yeah, think that's he should perfect. Play. He's built for it. He's got the good size for it. I think he's he got the leadership. Stint. He's got the smarts. He's got the campaigner. <laughs> yeah, he's got the contested mouse as well. So I think yeah. he'll be suited to I that. I think that is exactly the role we should be grooming him for. And I think it's only forwards. Um, has been suggesting for months that after Hodgie's done, we should throw the kitchen sink at him to get him to, to come across and coach us. And I, I think that would be terrific. And, and specifically to groom McDonald in that role. Yeah, it would be perfect for that. All right. Toddy Goldstein just very quickly quiz. If it's down the year. Um, absolutely horrible year after whatever round it was. Um, when, you, when you hit that injury. Yeah, the dog's game, the first one, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, no, he properly did his knee in round 10. 
not not coincidental that it coincided with our our shitness. Uh, <laughs> nope. To put it bluntly, um, saying that he wasn't having, he's got very very high standards. Um, he wasn't in the form that he had been in those ten games either. Um, but based on those ten games, he's still the second best ruckman in the comp. In, Ooh. <laughs> Who's the what? first? Gone. Max gone easy. Interesting. I think that's interesting. I heard that idiot John Ralph say Brody Grundy's the second best ruckman <laughs> in the comp today. <laughs> I think. Um, I think we have a bit of a short memory with Goldie. I, I think he was quite good in those early rounds. He wasn't quite, especially first couple of rounds. He wasn't quite at the level um, that he was last year. But he still polled 11 votes in the first nine games. He was equal third in the Brownlow. If he's not the best ruckman in the competition, Gordon must be pretty amazing. Gordon is pretty amazing. <laughs> it's the beard. <laughs> I know, it's the beard. That's what I was gonna, I was trying not to say it, but it is. It's the beard. All right. <laughs> We're spending a bit of time on this, so we'll quickly just rush through the rest of them. So, Benny McKay, Sam Durden, just development years for those two. Jay-Z? Yeah, I think McKay, especially the club's taking a, a slowly, cautiously approach because he didn't really have the traditional uh, development before getting drafted. So I still think uh, it'll be a couple of years before uh, we see those guys in the side, which is why I was very happy that we uh, signed Jared Webb. Yep. Do you see Durden just quickly as a backman or forward? Um, I honestly think it'll depend on where a spot opens up for him. I, to me, it looks like at the moment um, he was, he's going to be a backman and that's where we need him. Um, but it'll depend on other players' development. I it think depends a lot on Nielsen and Vickers Willis, I think. Yeah, with the other guys that we all drafted around the same time as defenders, whether they push in and take Thompson's role um, when he eventually retires. Obviously, we've got Tarrant down there as our, our mainstay. Um, yep. And at the other end of the ground, I think we're, we should be pretty set with the likes of Dorr and Brown and Wood. Yep, very much so. All right, quickly with Tarrant. Quiv, best year of football. What a fucking star! Sorry, sorry to swear, but my yeah, God, right. he is an absolute champion. He's nothing gets past him. He's a very extremely vocal leader. As I said, I sit behind the goals. I can hear every word he screams at the players. Not not yelling at them, but almost coaching them on the field. He's he's just brilliant. If I'd, I'd he'd be my first pick of captain if he wanted it. Yeah, that interesting. How much that swung. I don't, I don't disagree with you. I thought his leadership and his voice and all of that was terrific. And it's just an absolutely fantastic thing for the bloke who everyone said was done 18 months ago to now be talked up as a, a possible captain and, and one of our probably three best players. Good on him for persisting for 10 years and, and finally realising the potential. Yeah, it's a long time coming, but it's paid off this year. Not Obviously, not for the whole team, but for himself, it's been great. I hope he can oh, he, continue on into next year. Yeah, and get the All-Australian Guernsey that he should have got this year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was a rip off Absolutely that. robbed. A um, couple of quick things on Tarrant. He's one of the few people that I actually looked at in detail. Um, kept Gunston, Franklin, Walker, Cameron, and Rewalt to one or less goals. That's a pretty impressive kill list. Um, Franklin, no goals, too. That's... And Buddy was hurt, but he gave him an absolute pantsing. I remember looking at the stats at half time and going, Where's Buddy? Where's Buddy? Oh, he's got one handball. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Also gave away just one free kick a game, which is amazing for a, a fullback that spends quite a bit of time wrestling. Um, and led the club for intercept possessions and marks. And particularly towards the back half of the year, I noticed he was just growing and growing in confidence. And when the ball came down, he was a better contested mark than just about any forward he was playing on. There was numerous times in the last few games of the year, I was watching him closely, where the forwards would turn and hold him to stop him from taking the mark. He's a big boy. <laughs> He's a very big boy, and he had them all worried, which is, is he, amazing. Just very, just very quickly in finishing off on him, is he a better defender, I'm saying defender, than his brother? Yeah, I think he is. I, I think Chris is a very good player, but Robbie's absolutely phenomenal with not just his one-on-one defence, which is amazing for a guy I thought was a natural forward, um, but his intercept marking and his kicking and all yeah, that. Yeah, I was sorry to cut you off. I was about to say that. It's his, his quick thinking. He, he intercepts the mark and bang, he's already moving on and he's kicked it yep. to somewhere else. He doesn't piss part around with the ball. Mm. I yep. almost spat out my drink on All-Australian night when they said they'd picked Rory Laird over him because of Laird's <laughs> attacking game. I'm like, are you freaking serious? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll move on very quickly. We'll just skim for the rest at record pace. So... Nielsen, Nielsen had a very much a development type year. I could get you just read through these. As I said, going forward, I think he needs to establish himself a bit more in the VFL. Garner had a very much injury interrupted year. It's going to be interesting whether he can get on the park next year. He had a, when he did play, he played fairly well, but he's still not getting enough of the pill. But anyway, he's a forward, so that's expected. Jab White, as has been mentioned, and as everyone knows, he had an outstanding start to the year. Injuries did disrupt his year quite a lot. It did smash us, and he couldn't get on the park towards the end of the year as well. So it's a bit disappointing. Next year will be his final year, as far as I'm concerned. Pruce has had a very good year in the VFL. His development's just skyrocketed, and he's been rewarded with a new deal. He's on the senior list, and it's fantastic. He's a very important player going forward next over the next couple of years. And now we'll move on quickly to Mason Wood, Jay-Z. You see his year. Absolutely phenomenal, other than injuries. Um, showed a whole lot of class, great tackling, as we talked about. Kicked some really good goals, took some nice marks. Just a whole lot to be excited about. And that um, siren goal where he held the ball up for the last 15 seconds and every St Kilda supporter lost their mind at him was one of my favourite moments of the year. Oh, that was incredible. <laughs> Just showed absolutely terrific composure for a guy who's still establishing himself at this level and I think he'll be a star. Oh yeah, definitely. Now, just quickly with the rest of them, Ed Vickers-Willis had a very good year in the VFL. He was very unlucky not to get a debut this season. He's kept out. You probably should have taken Lockie's spot at some point, but anyway, we won't go there. Close. He, was, he was emergency a couple of times, I think. Oh, three or four times he was, yeah. And he should have debuted this year. I really felt he should have, but anyway. I think he'll definitely play a bit next year with Spud going. I think he's direct replacement. I really do. He's that good a player. I, I really rate Vickers Wills. Yeah. Well, Jamie McMillan, I thought, had... I think it was his best year, to be honest. Uh, he's played... He was very consistent. He was, he's very important to shoring up a defence. His intercept markings improved out of spite. Yes, his tackling, it's not his strongest suit, and it never will be, but that's improved slightly. And he's just very important to our defensive unit as a whole. 
I think it, he was without question his best year. Um, I thought he was very, very good earlier in the year up the ground. Um, and then when we got struck with a whole bunch of back flank injuries, he was forced to go back and play a different role. And he adapted really well and was really good back there. And his leadership in the back line and even when he's up on the wing is, is terrific. I expect him to finish quite high in the best and fairest. Yep, great. Now, Aaron Black, Joel Tippett, both had solid years in the VFL. They Black, both of them had injury concerns, Black more so. Black had a very, was second in the VFL goal kicking and before he got injured. And because of that, I believe Port Adelaide are quite interested in him for more reports. But that's just rumours at this stage. So I do hope, and he's requested basically he won't be at North next year. So Yeah, the, the so-called mutual agreement to part ways, you never quite know how mutual it is, but he's gone. Yeah, I think North will do the right thing by him, even if it's just a, like a round four pick upgrade or whatever it is. I hope he does get some senior football opportunities, and I think Port wouldn't be a bad mix for him. Yep, uh, I think against him, quite happy for him to go get opportunities. Obviously, Wood and Dorr and others have gone past him at North, so yep. best of luck to him. Exactly. Uh, Joel Tippett, I expect just to be re-rookied or just hanged on to for another year, so I'm not going to... We all know where he's at with his football. Magic door, fantastic year. I, I, it was a very important year. It, that final was one of his best games he's played. Oh, what? I can't yeah. wait for next season. He's going to get yeah. game time at long last. Or, yeah. I've been calling for it forever. You need to be patient with him, though. He's going to have a few <laughs> down games. Oh, I've got no doubt about it. But shit, he's he's got so much potential. He's He's exciting to watch. He, uh, another one I just love to watch, and I'm so glad that Brad Scott decided to just let him play the last five or six games or whatever it was. Um, and we got a good look at him in the finals, yeah, and or even in the lead-up to the finals. He's like, kicked four goals, did he, in that final? Yep. Yeah. It's and his, <laughs> his confidence will grow enormously from that sort of performance in your first final. We saw oh, it with... Yeah. Ben Brown a couple of years ago did the same thing and he just has come on in leaps and bounds since then and I expect Madge to do the same. Um, yeah. I'm really looking forward to A, having him as the backup ruck and keeping Brown the hell away from oh, the yeah, ruck, having, especially with, having especially a with legit, his dodgy knee. <laughs> yeah, having a legit backup ruck is going to do wonders. Yeah, and also his tackling pressure is just amazing. And it's he really, Taylor really Garner levels. Blocks. He really, really hurts them and I love it and um, although we keep saying our coach has no plan B, um, one of his best plan Bs for the year was the game where he, in the last quarter he had Madge and Goldstein in the centre square together and just had Madge in there smashing blocks and it was awesome <laughs> to watch. I loved it. That was the Hawthorne game, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he absolutely caned him in there. Anyway, we'll qu- I'll quickly finish off. Uh, Mitchell Hibbert had a very... I thought he had a pretty solid year. I know people or people bagged him a little bit because of his disposal, but uh, he's very important player going forward. I think he's very versatile, playing wing as well as half-back, possibly midfield as well. And he has, he's a very good size. Going forward, I see him pushing towards best 22 next year. Kane Turner, I see his long-term best 22. I really have a lot of faith in the lad. He had a bit of an injury interrupted year and glug, glug, glug. 
Um, yeah, he'll, he'll be very disappointed with this year. Obviously, <laughs> both injuries and, and self-inflicted pain. Um, he basically threw an entire year of his development away, and I expect him to come back big time next year. Yeah, very much so. A bit of an attitude change always helps in pre-season. Now, moving on, Corey Wagner... He is forced to play a bit of a small forward role while he develops as a long-term midfielder. I see him as a more of a midfielder, but he's a bit too small at this stage, very similar to Mountford, in that their size isn't quite there. When he did come in, he did his role very well, I thought. Like, he's a bit raw, but he's he's very quick, very likeable, and I think he's got a future at North. I just, he's going to be Wells' replacement. Long-term? Yep. He just needs to fill out a bit. I think that's the main issue at this stage. Mountford, I see as a long-term, maybe winger, maybe half-forward, small-forward type. He's very quick as well. He played a number of different roles in the VFL, from tagging to wing to forward, right in the guts. He did each role quite well. His tagging was quite almost at Ben Jacobs' level, which is quite good. He didn't get as much of the football, but he's a very likeable lad. Now, moving on, Sam Gibson. Sam Gibson, an interesting year. <laughs> he just does what he does. No one quite... Not everyone likes him, but... He I like him. <laughs> not I everyone. like him. He gets the ball, he gets it forward. Patrick Mangerfield won a Brownlow doing that. Johannesson won a Norm Smith doing that. Keep going. <laughs> I'm firmly in the Todd camp of Go Give Go. Yep, I agree. Yep. Two two or three years probably left, you reckon, with his legs? Yeah, that'd be about right. Yeah. Um, Similar to all players who play like that, it's all about how much they can keep running the way they run. So long as he, well, he's not that quick, but so long as he can keep running with that endurance and busting up people half his age as he does regularly, he'll keep going. Yeah, fair enough. He can also do the outside tagging role if required, so that's an added bonus. He does that quite well. And moving on just quickly, Benny Brown. Ben Brown had a very good year, as far as I'm concerned. He's... He's going to cop more attention, and he's a bit. Of, he struggled a little bit in the final. of added the attention, but going forward, I think he's going to become a very uh, most important forward. Yeah, I thought it was a good um, transition year for him. He's, he's certainly, if not already there, is very close to our number one forward. Um, he'll get a bit of protection when Waits playing next year. Hopefully, Waits playing most of the year, um, and then obviously from then on he'll be permanently entrenched as our number one and hopefully not have to go near the ruck. Yeah, stay away from the ruck. That's that's a big thing. I I, I personally was very frustrated with him this year. I thought he was very good and very bad. Um, You know, he was lucky enough to get on the end of a goal every now and then, but um, upside with him is incredible. And with him being able to say, hopefully a full-time forward, the only way is up. And he's even said in his um, review interview that basically he hasn't really had a full pre-season. He said he didn't even have a full one last time, which was interesting. Yeah, he's had a lot of problems um, with those knees. They don't talk about it much, and he doesn't miss too many games with them, but you see how heavily they're strapped most weeks. He's clearly got issues there. And oh, yeah. yeah. That's part of the reason why I want him to stay the hell away from the ruck. <laughs> yep, definitely. And he's admitted that he needs that time off to refresh his body, which he made a key point of, so... Very much important that we just get everyone 100% right and we just get a full pre-season into him. We need it with him if he wants to keep improving his contested marking because we're going to oh, need that. He's wrapped up the 50 games this year. He's he's going to... He'll break out next year. We'll have a great year, I reckon. 
Yeah, well, he already had a good year this year. Was it forty goals or something this year? He had a very yeah. He, good still, year. he kicked forty-one goals. Um, not bad. Probably, but... probably could have got more. Um, as I said, he was frustrating me sometimes because there's just some things he just didn't do that he normally would, and it drove me nuts. But yep. all in all, it was a good year. Yeah, fair enough. And we'll just finish off. The only one left on the rookie list, Will Fordham, probably just stays on the rookie list as far as I'm concerned in terms of his form. So, we'll, yep. yep. And yeah. we'll, oh, he's the only one there now. So yeah, I was thinking <laughs> he's the only one left. But we'll quickly just finish off what we've got to do. So VFL Jay-Z, did the single alignment work or didn't work this year for North? Yeah, as we we just sort of touched on before, I, I think it did work. I, I think it was good to have um, those young guys developing together and playing on the same side. Where um, we had a bit of an up and down year. Um, so that wasn't as good, but I definitely think it's a, a large improvement um, on the dual alignment and not quite as good as having our own side, obviously, but we all know that's a few years off. Um, yep. So so far, so good. We'll hopefully see it have a, a better effect on the player development as time goes by. Fair enough. Right. Well, bit stretched for time at the moment, so we won't talk too much more about the VFL, so we'll move straight on to... How does the club currently stand at the end of 2016, heading into 2017? Basically, what do you think needs to change in terms of us getting... What do you expect for next year, firstly, and what changes do you need to be made, Quiv? Um, I think, well, first of all, I think the club's got to be realistic. I don't think they can come out and say, we're going to play finals next year and fill everyone with false hope. I don't expect us to be playing finals next year. Um, I don't expect us to bottom out either. Uh, you know, we're going to be ninth to twelfth or so, um, and I think that's the expectation that the club needs to set. Where you said it's a rebuild earlier, I think it's more of a, a partial rebuild. We've got the core of the list. We just need to flesh some things out a bit more. And with the likes of you know the famous four gone, we're going to be able to blood some players, get some games in the more players we've been waiting for, and I think it's going to be a really, really good stepping stone as long as we can stay on the path we put out, set out for. Yep. Anything add, Jesse? Uh, I'd agree with all of that. I think um, going back a few years when we were looking at this, there was clearly a, a giant hole um, underneath that group of Harvey, Dell, Petrie, etc., um, where we just stuffed up a couple of drafts and had no players in that at the time, I think it was about the 28 to 30 year old range. Um, so now that, you know, the next group of, you know, Tarrant, Zeebel, Cunnington, etc., are effectively our senior players, although they've got some older guys like Thomas and Goldstein and all that around to support, I think, as Cliff said, the core's there. It's still pretty young. Um, I think it's a good chance next year to, to blood a whole lot of young players and. Um, get a few different people going through the team, particularly the midfield, and, and see what we've got and uh, shoot up the ladder quickly, hopefully. But I, I agree that next year we'll probably be in that 9-12 to 12 range. Yeah. I know there's a lot of post, opposition posters that are just wishing for us to bottom out, and I just kind of want to one-up them a little bit <laughs> and hopefully finish in that 9-12 range because there's a top four, top bottom four thread on the main board, and so many of us got us... Like coming second last, last, and I'm just going, guys, we don't bottom out. We're not Carlton. We're not Richmond. We're not We're Western Bulldogs. A long, 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 long way from being Brisbane. <laughs> like, I know we're not going to be the best next year, but you need to look at 
yeah, maybe Carlton might start pushing up around with us, but you know, teams like Essendon aren't going to be as great as they think they are. Brisbane <laughs> is just on another tier lower than us of pure shitness. We're, we're going to be the St Kilda of this year. We're, we're going to be thereabouts. We'll Not quite there. Yeah. Good wins. Um, we'll lose some terrible games that we shouldn't lose, but that's what North do anyway. That's regardless of where we are as a list. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm definitely looking forward to it. I'm not expecting a top four finish or even a finals finish like I was this year. So I don't think I'll be disappointed unless we do finish bottom four. But even then, we get a decent draft pick out of it. Well, that's it. But I'm hoping we don't really bring many players in this year and we just get picks rather than trades and just bomb the draft with picks and hopefully we hit hit some gold. So you, just quickly, I know it's a bit off topic, but in terms of trades, who are you actually looking at? Uh, nobody. 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 No. You just want to hit... Okay. Yeah. Fair uh, I, I said it. I know we're going off track a bit. I said it a couple of podcasts ago. We need to just hold out for five next year. And we've got the war chest for it. So yeah. I think we're looking towards more next year, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, just scatter bomb the draft this year. We'll, one or two will be good. Good enough. Just sure there'll be some complete spuds in there, but it's better than bringing another 28-year-old or whatever. Yeah, I'd much rather get five. Yeah, agreed. Right, moving on to the questions, just to finish off. So, Jay-Z, this is from GN80. Where do you think the improvement will come from next year, if we are to improve? Who do you tip to be the surprise for the club next year in terms of good and bad form? Um, good question. I think the improvement's going to come um, from mixing up the, the midfield primarily. I think um, getting in some of the younger guys like Clark and those sort of blokes will be really good to see and and get some different um, skills and, and attributes going through there. Primarily pace um, is obviously the key one that we've all been talking about forever. Um, in terms of good form and bad form, it's it's hard to predict. Um, no one really predicted, you know, the likes of Cunnington or all that having a drop-off this year, but um, I expect probably the forward line to be the main place where we see that improvement with guys like Wood and Brown and Daw, who all look like they have a whole lot of potential to take their game to the next level. Um, and obviously, being a bit of a fanboy, I'm hoping that Zebul does the same. So what does Zebul need to do to become that top tier from B grade to A grade? What does he need to do? Um, obviously, consistency is the main thing. I think when he does play good games, he has a really good impact on the game. Um, but he's, he's got to drop off a lot of the, the lower position and, and, and low impact games and look to average 22, 23. I, I think it'd be a push to say he's going to push straight up to 25, but if he can improve his average up to sort of 23 range and kick a couple of goals as he has been doing, then I think that'd be a good start. Yeah, and it depends how much he plays forward as well. I suppose that factors into it, like it factored in this year. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm. There's a lot of people on the board that think he is a half forward who's trying to play midfield. I disagree. I think he's a fantastic forward, but I think he should still do what he's been doing all these years of playing midfield and pushing forward. I think, yeah, I think he's definitely a midfielder, but he needs to rest out forward like he did this year. He needs to improve his time on ground. He's just a lot better than a lot of the other midfielders. Like Cunnington only averaged 67%. That's shocking. That's the main reason why I... I thought he must be injured because that time on ground is insane. 
and he's been on this hair long and his fitness hasn't improved is is something not right with that anyway but we digressing uh, a little I bit hope, I hope that he was injured this year because if, if that was the reason then we can excuse it and forget about it and hope to see him back into form next year I just hope we address this leg speed situation and the fitness and time on ground. Yeah. But anyway, that's been long-term problems and we can't do much about it. So we'll move on to the next question. So Quiv, how big of a factor is having Eddie had as a ground for recruiting players in the draft period? Are there injury concerns? Uh, I don't think so, personally. I think it gets overhyped a lot. Um, there's a lot of games played at Eddie. That's why there's a lot of injuries there. I don't know the stats, but I'd imagine injuries at the G are somewhere around the exact same mark. I think it's way overplayed. Fair enough. And I know we've already kind of answered this question, but anyway, Jay-Z, was going balls out for a flag this year, A, the right strategy, and we were unlucky with injuries, etc.? B, the right strategy, but poorly executed, or C, the wrong strategy? Um, I'm going to sit on the fence a little bit between A and B. I think it was absolutely the right strategy. The Bulldogs showed that this is anyone's year, um, and they they made the most of that opportunity. We didn't for a number of reasons. It was a lot of bad luck um, in terms of the injuries and also the fixture, I think, wasn't very kind to us. Um, But there was also, obviously, execution issues in terms of, you know, players dropping off form and game plan issues and and all of that. Yep, fair enough. Anything to add, Quiff? No, um, I think it was the right thing to do. Um, we knew a lot of the players were coming to the end or, you know, not going to be there at the next tilt. We had the list to do it, so we gave it a red-hot crack. It failed. It failed miserably in the end, but, eh, got to be there. you got to give it a go. Right. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I, I agree with all the sentiments above it. I'm kind of between A and B myself when I read the question. Uh, anything else to add before we finish up for this evening, fellas? Oh. No. 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 Well, thanks for jumping on, Jay Z. Thanks for all your input tonight. No worries. And, and thanks, Quiv, as always. You're always reliable to jump on. No worries at all. Thanks for having me. And thanks for listening and sending in questions, guys. Um, hopefully, I can get up a trade one podcast within the next couple of weeks. Uh, I'm not sure who I'll get on. I know Quiv's not that interested, so I'll, I'll have to scout around. Thanks for listening, guys.